Okay, we are live. Right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to I don't even know what episode it is of the Winging It podcast. I've just put the date because I don't know. Probably four, probably five, God knows. Anyway, <laughs> back again with Ben. Um, international break last week. Not a lot to talk about in terms of the international break, apart from, you know, Harry Kane died again. Shock. Um, Harry Kane yeah. bags again. Shock. He bags, but he dives. So, well, one way, one outweighs the other. Swings and roundabouts, son. Well, yeah, there is always that. But before we get into the football, let's speak about UFC 242, where Khabib Nurmagomedov retained his title again. You've been practicing that pronunciation. I know you have. Uh, well, you know, it, 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 it took about a month to get it right. <laughs> uh, we got it right in the end. We got it right in the end. Uh, but yeah, he, he retained his title. I mean, with exception with exception to the, the title fight, I don't think there was anything else to speak about on that card. No, I, didn't, I, don't knew another, I don't think I knew another fighter on that card. <laughs> no, for real. And do you know what? That's, that's why Poirier was so tired, because he was carrying the card with Khabib. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Khabib, Khabib don't get tired. You know, he wrestles bears. So, He's yeah. a beast. <laughs> He's an absolute beast. Until he retires, I, do, I don't think there's anyone that's going to take that belt off him. What is really... he, 28-0 in the UFC? 28-0 in the UFC and talking about retirement already. Yeah. To be I honest, mean, if, there's, if there's no competition... I mean, sure, he probably gets more competition in training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest, I think the Bears might fight back a bit. I mean, I don't even think he's ever gone to a decision. No, I don't. I, I don't. Fight, I don't think he's gone to a decision. He's just, he's just relentless. He doesn't get tired. He makes you carry his weight, and at some point, you're going to offer a year back to him, and it's, it's, you know, it's game over from there. The, the thing is, with the UFC, despite the fact it's a 155 pound weight class, if you've got someone like Khabib laying on top of you, you're going to get, you're going to get tired pretty quick, especially if you've got a smaller frame. Yeah, for real. He's got a frame to carry the weight. Look at someone like like Poirier, even McGregor. They've got smaller frames. If you put someone that big laying on top of you, eventually you're like, oh mate, oh, I can't bother. <laughs> yeah, for real. And and, and, and and you know what it is with Khabib. I was actually watching the highlights of that fight again this morning, and it's just how quickly he shoots. You know, yeah. he, he he faints to to throw a hook, and before he's even finished fainting, is 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 grabbed your legs and you know is lifting you up, is taking you down. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think yeah, the other the other thing with with um, Khabib is the, sorry not Khabib. The one thing I would say about that fight is I think Poirier could have won that fight if he had held on to that guillotine. Yeah, I mean he he, he did try. He, he did try. I think Khabib's just one of those guys that you know he he knows the the tricks as well. So you know he angle his body away from um, you know away from uh, Poirier so that you know he has to momentarily loosen his grip to then strengthen it again and and he's just he's he's just a master of uh, of, of groundwork yeah no i mean it's 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 ridiculous that that being said poirier did did catch him with a nice hook um yeah. made him retreat for you know all of all of five seconds before before he came he came storming I mean, back to be fair, when you're fighting someone like khabib i think five seconds is about the most you're going to win in a fight against him i yeah. think the only person that's actually taken a round off of him was mcgregor who eventually succumbed to a real naked choke anyway. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you do against this guy, eventually he will win. That just yeah. seems that just seems the norm now. But I guess um, the only way to, to make it competitive is to, you know, follow in, you know, someone like Lomachenko's footsteps and, and and kind of step up the weight divisions, I guess. But 
you know, how, how many weight divisions do you think Khabib's got got in him? I don't I don't think his chin is strong enough to survive the welterweight division. If I'm being honest, you've got so you've got you've got fighters like Kamaru Usman. I would love to see a fight between Nate Diaz and Khabib. I think that'd be a very interesting fight because they're both black belts of jiu-jitsu. Um, they're both they're both pretty strong on the feet. I think Khabib rocked McGregor in that fight, if I remember right. Yeah, he did. He dropped him, sat him down. So, so I think I think D I think Diaz and uh, Nemega Medov is definitely the fight to make, but we'll have to see what happens with um with Diaz and Masvidal first. Yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think Diaz knows what weight class he wants to go into. Diaz just wants goes, big fights. He just wants to go into whatever weight class suits him, really. I mean, it's just, I mean, the guy turns up, the guy turns up to open workouts and starts smoking a joint. Like, yeah. I just, at this point, I just don't think he cares. He's he's my hero for that. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for sure. It's uh, per- performance enhancing. That's what it is. Oh, definitely. I mean, he didn't he didn't get pulled up by Usada, so I mean, it must be legal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, moving on from that, um, going into the international break, a couple of things to speak about. Kane and Rashford in the Bulgaria game, both diving to win penalties. Yeah, I mean, Kane's getting a bit of a reputation now for, you know, I don't, I don't want to call it diving. I think he initiates contact. There is contact, whether or not he's initiated it. You know, that there is contact. He got to go down a little bit. A little bit too easily, um, but I'm willing to kind of overlook that because even when he doesn't impact the game for 90 minutes, he always seems to get on the score sheet. And I'm not saying that, you know, because Rashford doesn't contribute in other ways, it's worse for him to dive than it is for Harry Kane. I think diving in football is, you know, pathetic. It's it, it really is. There's nothing other than that you can describe it as. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been happening for forever. It will continue to happen. Um, you know, retrospective bans are not really being enforced, and until until there is a deterrent, you know, if you've got the opportunity to win your team a penalty, then you know why why wouldn't you do it? That being said, there isn't any VAR in uh, the internationals, so you know he's not going to get pulled out. So you might as well try it, but you know that again questions his, I suppose yeah. his his morals and. You know, what, what, what he stands for. Therefore, is there is no retrospective action for diving. That's only enforced in England. So you get to the Euros and you get to the World Cup, there is no retrospective action for diving. So they're not going to go and look at it afterwards and say, yeah, oh, for sure. the referee, he, he should be banned. It's not going to happen. Um, in, whereas... in bigger news, in bigger news, he missed the penalty. He missed the penalty. It wasn't the Bulgaria game. It was the I mean, Kosovo game. Much. Well, I mean, it's not that surprising. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if they called up Mark Noble, that penalty would have got scored. Yeah, to, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, he's a local lad. He's he's done he's done well for himself. He's done well for himself because he's never been the fastest. He's never been the fittest. He's never had the best range of passing. But you know, yeah, he's, he's very yeah, and he's very good at you know everything. There, there's not one. Mark Noble is a product of hard work and dedication. Yeah, for sure, he's an East End lad through and through. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, apart apart from that, Bolton takeover has finally gone through. It has. I'm very pleased uh, about that. You know, it was obviously sad to see the situation at Berry unfold the way it did. It was very likely and very possible, actually, that you know, Bolton's situation could have gone the same way. So, 
you know, for someone to come out and, you know, effectively rescue them and, and give them, you know, at least a, at least a shot of, of staying in the division and, and, and becoming competitive again was was really good to see. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult because, um, you know, they've gone, they've, the, the, takeover, the takeover goes through and the following day they go and sign nine players. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, I mean, what are their realistic ambitions for the season? Do they even want to stay in this division? They rather take a step down, go to go to League Two and rebuild there. I don't, I don't think that would be a bad shot. Yeah, League One is difficult. And, you know, I say that from experience because Charlton have been in League One uh, fairly often um, in recent years. We got out of it um, a couple of years ago under Chris Powell and then found ourselves back in it the season after. And, and we stayed there for two, two more years. It's very difficult. It's a competitive club and every team is brutal. They're physical. You know, the, the football on display isn't necessarily at a particularly high standard, but the application, the work ethic, the physicality is, you know, present all over that league. It's a yeah, I mean, difficult league to get out of for sure. Yeah, I mean I mean at this point I think the Belgian word for yo yo is Charlton, so <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean um you do you're doing well. You're doing well so far. Um can't be complaining. You can't you can't complain coming up and have, have you even lost yet? No, we're unbeaten. We are unbeaten, but the I suppose the traditional Charlton roadmap is to get everybody excited and then pull the rug from underneath their feet. So, you know, we've got Birmingham at home today and, you know, that would have been a game that I would have said at the beginning of the season, we need to target games like that to pick up the points that we need to stay in the league. Now, you know, I'm thinking we need to pick up wins against teams like this to stay in the playoff contention. And, you know, it's so early on in the season that, you know, a run of two games or three games without a win, and and you're right back in the relegation battle. So you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay level-headed. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I think it's definitely I think a great start. Charlton, Charlton's ambitions for the season need to be 40, 45 points for sure. Whether exactly you get on that. top of that is a bonus. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. Um, moving on from from Bolton and and Charlton and the Championship, we go to the Premier League. Tottenham winless since the opening day. All right, don't sound so smug about it. Oh, it is, it is quite funny though. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, Tottenham, Tottenham have always, Tottenham have always been known as very pragmatic in the transfer market, very pragmatic in the boardroom. But now they're winless since the opening day. Christian Eriksen hasn't been starting games over fears he was going to leave, and now he hasn't left. Tottenham have got three players at the end of the season who have contracts expiring, and I've seen no signs of a contract renewal yet. Um, very for, influential players as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got Christian Eriksen, Toby Alderweireld and uh, Jan Vertonghen. Yeah. All expiring at the end of the season and it doesn't look like they're, they're, they're in any position to renew the contract yet. No. They're just not interested. And Vertonghen's um, not been playing either. Um, Toby's, Toby's had, a, had a run of games. Um, the only thing I'll say about this whole situation, and as much as Tottenham are my Prem team and, you know, as a Premier League Tottenham fan, I don't particularly hold fond fond feelings towards Arsenal but but if this was Arsenal in the same situation where you know three of their most influential players were in the last you know six months or a year of their contract Arsenal would be getting ridiculed and with Tottenham it doesn't seem to be as this this is this is what makes me laugh is every time that anything in the transfer market you spend big on a player um 
yeah, so you, you know, you'd spend big on a player or a contract gets renewed or it doesn't get renewed or a player gets released. Arsenal get ridiculed so heavily and, and they get ridiculed more than any other team in the league. I just, I don't, I, I can't understand it. Because look, look at some, look at someone like um, Nicolas Pepe. He's played a couple of games. He's not used to the league. He's still getting to full fitness. Oh, um, uh, Harvey Barnes has scored more goals for Leicester this season than Nicolas Pepe. I'm like, yeah, same with um, same with uh, James at United. They're they're being compared with Pepe as well, <laughs> and it's it's crazy. Obviously, he's made a, a, an impact at United. He scored a couple of goals, a couple of good goals actually. Um, but you know, Pepe hasn't scored, but every time I've watched him play, he's impacted the game. You know, substantially, he's ghosting past people. You know, he ran past the undribbleable uh, Van Dijk, and if that isn't a word, it needs to be added to the dictionary. Um, he he's a good player. He's a good player, but because it's Arsenal, because it was their record transfer, you know, because they're four games in or whatever it is and he hasn't scored, you know, he's a flop and he's not. He's actually very good. He's got a lot of potential. He's still very young and he will be a good signing uh, for Arsenal for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, to be honest, I, I, the rumour is Ben Mee's still looking for the ball that went through his legs. So, <laughs> you know, swings and roundabouts, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, moving, moving on from... Uh, the, the Middlesex team. Um, <laughs> Norwich's injury crisis. Now, this is a very, very interesting because they faced Manchester City this weekend who are known to be ruthless against teams that are coming up. Absolutely ruthless. Um, Norwich have eight players ruled out with a further three doubtful. And uh, the manager, Daniel Fark, said in his press conference yesterday he may even have to name three goalkeepers in his squad. Yeah. Cruel is a doubt. Yeah, I saw that. And I think the comment that made me laugh is, you know, he said we can't even park the bus because we've got no defenders. So, you know, they, they're going to go out, they're going to try and attack Manchester City and Manchester City are going to maul them. They're going to absolutely maul them. I'd be I'd be surprised and very impressed if Norwich keep the winning margin for City under three goals. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all know how how good Charlie Nicholas is at predictions. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> he's pretty good Man City 6-2. Six two. Yeah, because he 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 feels that Timmy Pukey will get a couple. Um, because you know, <laughs> City will go out and score five in the first half, take the foot off the gas, and then Norwich get a couple back. Consolations, you know, not going to happen. But it's yeah, it's, it's an it's, interesting concept. It's not um, going to happen. You're right. I mean, I was listening to his press conference yesterday, and he he come out with something along the lines of um, we had more players in the physios room than we did on the training pitch. Ah. Wow. Jeez, just, But, you know, a team like Norwich, I feel that they should, regardless of who's injured and who's not, I, I feel that they should go and attack Man City. Yeah, it's a, it's a free game, isn't it? It's a free you'd game. Go and win, look, you'd rather go and lose 4-1 and attack and play the way that you've played the entire season rather than go there, park the bus, not have a single shot on goal and yeah. lose 1-0. Uh, it's I think, boring. I think they'll still lose 4-0 if they go there and park the bus. So, you know, it's a free hit. They come up. They've got more points than people thought they were going to get, myself included. Um, and but to be fair, they did play Newcastle, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But um, it's interesting because Liverpool are playing Newcastle today, and that's a game. Double that, figures. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you'd expect <laughs> that. But but then I also wouldn't be surprised to see you know dogged Newcastle side just you know kind of grind it out. I I, I think they're going to lose. Don't get don't get it wrong, but. You know, I think 
I mean, we have to take into account that this is at Anfield, right? It is at Anfield. Um, and, you know, Liverpool, Newcastle <clears throat> at Anfield has traditionally thrown up some, some, some really interesting results. Now, you know, historically, the clubs have been much closer in terms of, you know, kind of capability. Um, there's a bigger division between Newcastle and Liverpool now than there's ever been, really. Uh, certainly in the Premier League well, era. Yeah, because Newcastle are a championship side. <laughs> with, with a championship manager, I'll give, I'll give they're them here, that. They're, they're here on merit. They're not here for anything else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I mean... Um, I mean, I mean, now Sadio Mane and, and Salah have kissed and made up. I, I, I do fear for Newcastle. <laughs> I, I, I can see it pushing towards the double figures. Yeah, I wouldn't, will, I wouldn't be surprised. No, it, it will not stop. They are ruthless in front of goal. Yeah, they are. They've probably and got the it's best. It's ruthless in front of goal. Jurgen Klopp, will, you'll be able to hear him from London. He'll be shouting yeah. that loud. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I do fear, I do fear for Newcastle, but. Um, I've got an interesting question for you. Uh, it's not related to Newcastle or Liverpool, but it certainly <laughs> is related to the Premier League. Chelsea Wolves at, at Wolves at Molyneux. Wolves traditionally, I think, I say traditionally, last year they took more points off of the top six than anybody else. Who Who's going to win? Oh, what's, your, what's your prediction? Chelsea, Chelsea are holding a big L that day. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Ooh, no! Wait, they struggled against Norwich. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they did. You think they're going to go to Europa League bound Wolves? Do you know and what? Get a result? I, 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 I don't know because, well, that's the thing. Wolves are one of those clubs that, you know, they'll, they'll beat Man United or they'll draw with Man U. They'll pick up points against City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham. And then, and then they'll, you know, nick a win or a draw against Burnley and, you know, teams like that. So they, they tend to raise their game. I've got a feeling that Chelsea are going are gonna to surprise a few people. Uh, you know, I don't want to eat my words, but I'd, I'd back a Chelsea win. But I can, I can see, I can see a scenario in a situation where, where Wolves pummel them. Before you, before you do, kind of come out with your, with your prediction. Um, take into, take into consideration that Frank Lampard's the manager at Chelsea. He's playing the exact same system that he played at Derby last year which was predictable as hell anyway last year, and he's come up into the Premier League and tried to do the same thing with a completely different group of players who last season didn't even know what the word pressing was. <laughs> and now they're trying to play this ultra-high pressing style of football. And you can you can see by the 70th minute, the whole team is knackered because they're not used to pressing. They haven't got that level of fitness that they need to to be able to do that. Um, and I do, I, do, I do feel that Chelsea... Chelsea couldn't have struggled to stay top half this season if they can uh, results like they have been I think at some point they'll gel I know they haven't really got firepower uh, in, in their ranks at the moment you know Giroud will always get you 10 goals why, a season but they, why would they need to gel they haven't signed anyone yeah I know what you mean but you know they they, they haven't signed anyone but their starting lineup is still different from 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 last year you know they, they've lost Hazard uh, With the exception of Hazard leaving, the lineup shouldn't have changed. Realistically, well, Higuain's not there. You know, up, up front their firepower is is limited. I'd rather have my mum up front than start Higuain. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that guy's terrible. And and you know, I'll, I'll vouch for Ben's mum's ball skills. Don't worry. Oh, okay, that's that's <laughs> that's way too. <laughs> need to have a conversation. That's nasty. <laughs> Oh boy, here we go again. 
but yeah, I mean, move, moving on from the, um, the 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 West London people. Yeah, leave them over there. Um, the sixth place derby. Are they in six? No, I'm talking about Manchester United and Leicester. Oh, the, oh, there we go. <laughs> Listen, I mean, all I'm going to say is for United fans, they need to temper their aspirations because they're not in a position to challenge for the league and they're barely in a position to challenge for the top four. I don't um, think they'll get top four at all. They've invested heavily, but they've also sold players. Um, and, you know, they, they, they are a weaker side than they were last season, despite yeah. investing. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, obviously, centre-back, Harry Maguire and right-back Wan-Bissaka is the only areas that they have improved. Um, but midfield, midfield, they're weak. They're fragile in midfield. And up front, they're experienced. So, you know, I think I think you're right. I think you are right. They they are a, a weaker team on paper, but also, you know, on, on the pitch than, than they were last season. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean... With Leicester, oh sorry, bear with me a second. Yeah, I mean with Leicester, um, they're unbeaten, sitting in third place in the league, and uh, since the appointment of Brendan Rodgers, Jamie Vardy has scored more Premier League goals than any other Premier League player. Vardy's Vardy's good. I, I used to think he was all you know speed and power. Um, you know, never scored a good goal. All of his goals were just. You know, three yards away from the keeper, and he absolutely smashed the ball home. So the keeper can't even see it. Um, but but he's shown he's shown a lot a lot of improvements from from when he first came into the Premier League. He scores a lot of good goals. He's very aware on you know the where the goals are, where the keeper is, and and how to beat him. He, he's he's a, he's a very good striker. He should he should be in the England squad. He should be playing for England. I don't think we've got a more effective striker all round. Than, than him. I'm not saying he's our best goal scorer. I'm not saying he's our you know most trickiest player to to play against. But in terms of what he offers as an outlet, um, his energy and and his goal scoring, I, I think he should be he should be higher up in in Southgate Sports. I mean, I've seen I've seen Jamie Vardy talk about the England in interviews, and um, the, the the feeling with Jamie Vardy is he can't commit and play for his country. When his country don't play the system that he needs to score goals. Yeah, sure. That's, that's they want to play point. out from the back. They want to, you know, pass the ball through midfield. They, then they want to get it wide and get balls into the box. Give Vardy a ball over the top. 99, 99, 99 times out of 100 is a goal. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. And England will not play that style of football because it's not pretty enough. That's that's the reality of it. As an England fan, would you trade in? You know the style of play for football wins and, and and trophies. I mean, I mean, in terms of players, would you swap Vardy for Kane? Yes. Ah, oh, you went there. I don't like him. I really don't like <laughs> you him. went there. I wouldn't swap Vardy for Kane just because I think Kane is going to score you goals even when he's not in the game. Um, Kane can score all sorts of goals, but he's also very good link-up play. I, I know you don't like him, and I recognise why you don't like him. I can accept that. You know, he's, he he is into skullduggery. He, he does try and you know con people, I guess. But you can't argue with his with, with his output. I'm not I'm not being funny, right? For someone that is the size of Kane, he's a pretty built guy. Yeah. How? Why would you even think to try and deceive a referee? It really, I can't understand it. You're not gonna deceive a referee. 
Like, why even try? And like the the only, the one thing I will say is I will give massive respect to the referee that was in charge of Newcastle against Spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, because Harry Kane tried to die for a penalty and the ref wouldn't give it. And that's probably one of the only times I've actually seen someone turn around to Kane and say, "No, that's not a penalty. Get up." Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I think that's pretty much pretty much it for the Premier League. I don't well, think there's any other I mean, any other interesting well, games. To be fair. Not 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 really. I think you've got um. You've got West Ham Villa on Monday, which should be a, a decent game. I it's think a relegation six-pointer, to be fair. Do, do you know what? You say that, yeah. And as much as I'd love that to be true, I think I think West Ham have been playing pretty well this season. They haven't always they've, got the results, but but they've actually they're actually playing some decent football. Yeah, I mean, I was I was reading someone on Sky Sports yesterday, and it really got West Ham fans riled up on Twitter, and it was the fact that. Um, VAR, like the Premier League, had come out and said VAR had made mistakes. There was four of them, wasn't it? I think they made four mistakes. I'm just trying to find the article. Um, but I know one of them was um, Sebastian Heller's penalty against um, Norwich, which wasn't awarded. Yeah. Where he's literally, you know, he's he, I think he's flicked the ball in between two players, gone through the middle of them, and then been absolutely taken out. And the, the, the foul just wasn't given. And I was just, it was just ridiculous um but now like West Ham fans are like if we don't get into Europe because, uh, because of one goal they're saying sorry isn't going to mean a lot to us uh, for sure Fair but, enough. The, but then you know rewind back to uh, West Ham surviving on the final day in Sheffield United going down um <laughs> you know it's it's it's, it's uh, karma isn't it so mate you know. I hold I hold a special place of hate for um, <laughs> the Sheffield United <laughs> I can't help it what was the other decisions that they got wrong? I know one I'm was... Find, I'm trying to find the article. I, I know, really I know find it. there was a goal that Newcastle had scored against them um, that was handball. That shouldn't have counted. Um, but, you know, I think Four VAR mistakes. was... There we go, yeah, I found it. Um, it was, right, on. so... Yeah, so, well, to be fair, in, the, in VAR, um, there's... 227 incidents have been checked six on-field decisions have been changed and 10 decisions that should have been overturned so you can't say that VAR doesn't work no I guess it's more accurate than 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 the actual referees and and his assistants but it was brought in on the you know proviso that it was going to it was going to get every decision correct. It was going to completely eradicate incorrect decisions. It was going to right every wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. So I found I found the mistakes. So um, Fabian Shah's equaliser for Newcastle against Watford. Uh, Leicester midfielder's Yuri Tielemans apparent stamp on Callum Wilson. That was a stamp, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> decision. Nothing to apparent not about Manchester it. Manchester City a penalty when Jefferson Lerma stood on David Silva's foot in the Bournemouth game. What was the score in that game in the end? Uh, Man City won. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was Matt 3 1, well. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and the decision not to give West Ham a penalty when Sebastian Heller was brought down by Norwich's Tom Tribal. Yeah. Now, um, it, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I think, personally, I think VAR works. Yeah. You know, um, 
it is, it is quite funny when you see the older players in, in like friendlies and stuff like charity games and they they get they don't get a decision and they're they're trying to do the VAR fingers. Yeah, sure. It, it, it may, it didn't, you know, it is. I think in the long run it's going to be it's going to be the best thing for the Premier League moving forward because so, it is, is taking the flack off of the referees. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, I you agree with that. You, have, you haven't got people with um you know pitchforks trying to find where the referee <laughs> is to go and chase him down. <laughs> You're blaming a system as opposed to a person. Yeah, sure. But then, as somebody who watches a lot of football and, you know, has seen VAR in action for, you know, the, the good and, and the bad, now it's kind of embedded and everybody's getting used to it. How would you how would you improve it? Um, don't know. Give, I'll give Arsenal all the decisions, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean I, the thing is, I back in the day, with referees, you could pay them, and you know, oh yeah, yeah, you can have a decision. Nowadays, yeah. you know, you can't pay a machine. <laughs> no, for sure. So you know, you, you're stuck either way. But no, I mean, um, it's difficult. It's it's definitely a difficult situation to be in, especially with VAR. But obviously, it's it's a learning curve. Um, it is gonna get better, but you know, we just have to give it time. Um. But yeah, I mean, moving moving on to I think one thing one thing that I definitely wanted to cover today um, is Raheem Sterling drawing comparisons with Ronaldo and Messi, and um, people people essentially naming him the third best player in the world. I mean, I think I think that's a bit strong, and to draw comparisons with Ronaldo and Messi is no a little a little outrageous. Um, you know, I think in terms of Sterling at Liverpool versus Sterling at City and now Sterling at City under Pep there's uh, you know a marked improvement he's getting a lot more goals he's uh, a lot more intelligent he knows how to uh, how to how to play football um, and he's very direct and there's no doubting that he gets results you know his numbers uh, continuing to improve um so no, definitely. Point, I mean, to the point term- where he's compared to Ronaldo and Messi, though. You know, I think I think that must have been that must have been his sister that that you know kind of wrote wrote that <laughs> article. But I, I agree. I think you know, in terms of how he's performing at the moment, you know, he's he's certainly up in the upper echelons of. of I mean, of if you look at the um, if you look at the European qualifiers, um, in the nineteen twenty season, he's. Played four goals, scored, uh, played four matches, scored six goals, and got four assists. Yeah, but I mean, England have scored like 18, 19 goals in those qualifiers as well. So, you know, this is true. I mean, it, no, but but you're right. I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit him. I think he's a great player. I think he's improving every every season. Um, and he's in is is performing for City, and and now he's doing it for England. Whereas before, you know, he'd he'd have a a run of great games. To Man City, it put on the England shirt and it freeze. And you know the media criticised him, and you know probably don't make it easy for him. But but I think he's learned how to kind of take that frustration with you know some of the press that he gets, and you know kind of really you know use that to to fire him up and, and get better results. He's, he's certainly yeah. you know one of the most improved footballers for, for no, sure. Definitely. 100%. I mean, he deserves that accolade. Yeah, I mean, I mean for me it's. Uh, when I look at stats, I don't look at all these other extra competitions. I'm looking purely at the Premier League, and I'm looking at someone like Raheem Sterling, who scored 35 goals in two seasons as yeah. a winger, and then he's also chipped in with 21 assists. Yeah, sure. So you know, it's he's he is improving year on year. 
Um, and I think as long as he remains under Pep, I think he is going to keep improving. And I think he is going to reach that level. Because when Ronaldo and Messi do eventually retire, who are we going to be looking to? No, sure. But then, you know, is, is reaching that level, you know, kind of chipping in with goals and assists for two seasons, three seasons? Or is it, you know, doing it for 15 seasons, 20 seasons? I think, you know, to, 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 to even be mentioned in the same breath with them, you know, you have to be very, very, very consistent. Now, yeah, he's, no, young, he's young enough to continue to do that. And, and you know, if he gets to that stage then absolutely deserves those comparisons but uh, you know I think you're comparing a, a Mercedes or a BMW with a uh, you know Vauxhall Corsa at the moment I know but one one thing you do have to take into account as well is he's only 24 sure he's getting he's pulling off he's, he's pulling off these stats at 24 sure and he's getting better you yeah. can see that there's a stark contrast in how he played he's how he's playing this season Compared to how he played last season. Yeah, I agree. With you that. can see that there is there there has been improvement, and he all he he's he can only get better. He can't, you know, you can't you can't you, under Pep, I, I under, agree, under I, someone I, like Pep Guardiola, your your standards do not slip. Yeah. If your standards slip, you are no longer playing for the Man City. Yeah, it's as sure. simple as that. Look at Claudio Bravo. Yeah. That ended well. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you, and and you know, as an Englishman, I, I'd like to see him do well. 100%. I want to see him can continue, even if that means that City uh, continue to compete for the Premier League, the Champions League, and every other trophy. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, mean, I think I think I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I think I've covered everything I wrote down. <laughs> there um, you go. You you wrote you wrote stuff down, so you're decidedly more prepared than I am. It's not, it's not hard, really. I uh, know it's not, and and I'm trying to put my shin pads on as I'm as I'm recording it. Um, so, so I've got a, a football game, 2 p.m. Uh, kickoff. Um, you know, I would plug it, but by the time this is out, nobody's going to have, have heard it gonna, to come. Yeah, and you're going to drag me along to watch as well. Which uh, is I'm, fun. I'm coming to pick you up, mate. So there's no well, excuses. Well, keep an keep an eye on the Instagram, and uh, well, I mean, this podcast is going to go out literally as soon as we finish recording. So yeah, keep an eye on the Instagram, and uh, you might see you might see a few pictures of uh, of Ben in a football kit. No, no pictures. No pictures. <laughs> No pictures at all. I need a trim. I need uh, to shed some pounds. No, no pictures. But Lymo Gardens to the world. There we go. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, do you want to speak about the Fury fight, or is it even worth it? Um, I mean, it's not really worth it. Fury is fighting tonight, two o'clock uh, on BT Sports box office, I believe, um, and he's fighting against another Ed- boom. Yeah, basically anybody that you've ever seen down the pub, that's who he's fighting. Um, he's going to win. He's going to win convincingly. He's going to call out everybody. Um, and I sound like I'm not a Fury fan. Um, and to be honest, I, I quite like him as a as a person. I think he's funny. He's got some good morals. Um, but he throws shade at everybody else for fighting bums and is proceeding to fight his second bum in a row. So I mean, I mean, on the plus side, at least he's gone into a pub and said, you, I want to fight you. <laughs> and he didn't just go in there and punch the old geezer that's sitting oh, in the yeah, bar. I know. Can, you, can you imagine Fury and McGregor in the ring? Fury. <laughs> oh, my God. Fury would absolutely sit on him. He would sit on him. But um, I, I quite like to, to be fair, To be fair, Fury looks very trim going into this fight. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, I think he's... 
he's certainly in a in a good place mentally, which kind of helps. And you know, in terms of preparation, uh, as you say, he looks he looks good, he feels good, and he will win, and he'll look good winning. Um, but that's the only thing I don't like. You know, he wants to discredit other people for fighting. You know, as he says, bums or dossers, um, and then proceeds to proceeds to fight them himself. You know, if Anthony Joshua fought Otto Watlin, he'd get crucified. If Deontay Wilder fought Otto Watlin, he'd get crucified. And you know, I just think he should he should step up his his level of opposition because he is in the top three um, heavyweights out there at the moment. And I don't agree with this, this whole lineal championship. You know, that's that's not even a piece of paper. Um, that's Listen, 100% if you, beat, look, if you beat the guy that had all the belts. And then you don't get beaten, you're the lineal champion. It doesn't matter. But, but but if you beat the guy that had all the belts and then, you know, start taking drugs, living, you know, completely against the the code of conduct that boxers agree to be held accountable against, then you deserve to, to be stripped of right. the so physical let me, let me, Hold on, let me stop you there, because yes, he done drugs. Yes, he was drinking. Did he do it in competition? No. He done it on his own time. Outside did he, of boxing. Did did he fight after he beat Klitschko? Was he was he training? Was he organising fights? Was he trying to defend his belts? No, because he had mental health issues. Right. So then, if he has mental health issues and he's drinking and he's doing drugs and he's not competing, he's not trying to defend his belts. The the governing bodies can't let the belts be tied up by someone who's not willing to defend them and represent them. Which is, which is fair enough. They took the so, belts off of him, yeah, which, um, is, which is fair enough. They're well within their rights to do so. But that means he's no longer the lineal champ. The lineal champ yes, doesn't he, mean anything. Yes, he is, because the lineal champ, you have to beat the guy that had all the belts last. Was was Klitschko the lineal champ? Did he yes. run? Did he run around with an imaginary belt saying, yes, I've got all of these physical belts, but I'm also this fake belt holder? I understand where you're coming from, but the lineal the lineal championship is the reason he's got a belt. It's a promotional tool. It sells fights. He doesn't have a belt. He's made it up. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's had he's had a belt made, but it's a promotional tool. It's a marketing tool. It sells fights. You know, he gets look at look at, go and look at his Instagram story and find out how many views he gets on it. I'm sure he gets tons. It I'm works. Sure he gets tons. But I could be the lineal champion and defend it against Otto Watlin. Not, I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean. To be fair, if you, I mean, if you keep, if you keep, keep keeping clean sheets, I might get you a belt. Uh, get me one. I'm the lineal goalkeeping clean sheet guy of. And London then if and you, uh, you know, if you if you concede, I'll give the belt to the to the striker that scores against you. Yeah, give it to him. He deserves <laughs> it. He deserves it. But I will be willing to risk losing my lineal belt against good quality opposition every Saturday and Sunday. So at least, at least I'm, you know, trying to to be be competitive i guess and and i'm not cussing tyson fury ben i like tyson fury i think his performance against deontay wilder coming from where he did come from um you know i, I didn't like him really that much going into that fight but since then i've been a fan of his and you know i want to see him do well day one he's always been a he's always been a cocky shit that's just me being honest but the fact, the fact is, he was a cocky shit before he had all these issues with his mental health, and now he's become a ma- an advocate for mental health. Sure, and I, uh, I respect him for that. And you, and you look that. at look at his look at his rise to prominence again from the position that he was in, where you know he was talking about you know he he, he was on the verge of, of committing suicide, and to be able to work yourself back from that brink back to the top of the game. Yeah, sure. And to now be in, inspirational, absolutely inspirational. I, I completely. Completely and agree with you. The thing that really frustrates me more, more than anything is the fact that 
the boxing fans are like, oh, he's fighting all these bums, and I'm, I've said it, I've said it myself. You said why it ten fight, minutes ago. Why is he fighting all these bums? But you know, he went into that Deontay Wilder fight with no warm up. Yeah, sure. Well, not really. He fought a bum, but you're right. He had one warm up fight and then yeah. went and took one of the one of the, one of the yeah, belt holders. For sure, took him to points and and beat him. You know, he, and he was get... out, he was out of the ring for what two, three years. Yeah, and he was still chunky. He was still chunky and he was still rusty. And he it got a draw. Funky, just like yeah, me. I know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I mean, that was a good performance. Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, it was a good I performance. Was... Fury's going to win tonight. Then he's going to fight Deontay Wilder again. Deontay Wilder will lose. I wouldn't be surprised. And I know this is devil's advocate a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if Wilder didn't beat Ortiz. I know he can. He can absolutely concussively knock him out. But Ortiz knows how to box, and he did wobble Wilder in the seventh last okay, time. Okay, okay. So before we before we before we give your prediction on this one, let's just have a let's just pull up the highlights of the uh, the the um, Wilder versus Brazil fight. Oh wait, there weren't any. Yeah, Brazil I know. Was knocked out inside thirty seconds. Brazil got spun. He did get spun, and it was concussive. That as wasn't well. that wasn't got spun. He got he got pulled out of there on a stretcher. Yeah, it's game over. He was For sleeping. Real. Wilder folded him like a paper duck. I'll give you that. He got he got folded like a piece of paper and then thrown out of the arena. It was yeah. just that was it. It was he was finished. <laughs> that, I've that never was, seen someone knocked out stiff like that. Yeah, that wasn't um... like he had turned into a statue before he even hit the floor. <laughs> like it was just like whoa, <laughs> okay, mad. Yeah, no, but definitely. I mean, um, I mean, there's not much else for us to talk about, but let's wrap it up here. Um. Obviously, make sure to follow us on, on the socials. Uh, we're going to be starting up a blog in the next couple of weeks where we kind of post articles here and there about different sports. Sure. Um, can, can be things that we cover in the podcast. Sometimes it won't be because obviously there's only a certain amount of time we can we can record the podcasting because we're both really busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, make sure to follow us on the socials. Everything will be in the, the description below. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll see you guys um, next. Um, yeah, we're also looking for contributors as well. So if you want to be part of part of the team you want to you know create some content for the blog or you know you've got something interesting that you'd like to discuss and and, and join us as a guest feel free to to reach out either on twitter instagram um you know you, you can find us online winging it pod um just just reach out it'd be it'd be good to, to network with other people and you know hear, hear hear your views and opinions yeah no absolutely i mean um i mean dm instagram twitter um you know uh, if you go onto our Twitter, we've got our email address on there as well. So if you want to send us an email, you're more than welcome to. But um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Yeah. See you next and, week, uh, guys. Yeah, see you next week. Bye.